from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. No matter where you are listening from today, you have probably been affected by the coronavirus pandemic in one way or another. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about how to keep going when life is tough and how to rebuild after experiencing setbacks. This episode is going to fuel your spirit so that you can get through anything and come through stronger than ever before. As always, we're going to focus on a Bible verse from this week's Parsha, the Torah portion read around the world this week. It's a verse that you probably never thought much about before, but I'm going to share some Jewish teachings with you that will change the way you understand this verse forever. This week's Parsha is Vayakel Pekude, and I encourage you to read it as we go through living with the biblical times. This is what Jews around the world are reading this week, and it's very relevant to our life today, all of it. But today we're going to focus specifically on one verse. So Vayakel Pekude uh, is Exodus 35.1 to 40.38. I encourage you to read that. But today the devotional teaching that we are going to focus on is specifically specifically Exodus 40, 17. So follow along with me if you have it in front of you. And if not, that's totally okay. So let's go into what this verse actually is referring to, because it's not referring to the Gregorian calendar of January, February, March, April, May. It's not referring to the solar months. It's talking specifically about the Hebrew months, which goes around the lunar calendar. The Hebrew calendar also has 12 months, and they have different Hebrew names, Tishrei, Cheshvan, Kislev, Tevet. They have all different Hebrew names. And when we read about different months in the Bible, it's referring specifically to these Hebrew months. And so we know that the first month of the year is Nisan. What else happened in the first month of the year? The Israelites left Egypt in Nisan the first month of the year. And so uh, what we know is this verse, Exodus 40, 17, when it says, so the tabernacle was set up on the first day of the first month in the second year, what we're talking about is exactly one year after the Israelites left Egypt. So this is the time that we're talking about. A year has passed. And according to Jewish tradition, Moses built and then dismantled the tabernacle many times before this final time that he built it, that he got it right. And it's only this final time that he built the tabernacle that he was happy with it, which is mentioned in this week's Torah verse, in this week's Torah portion. And so what the Jewish sages explained is that Moses foresaw that the tabernacle would have to be taken down, dismantled, and then built five times. And he also saw that the temple, the temple which stood in Jerusalem, would be destroyed twice. And so what Moses wanted to demonstrate was that although the house of God might fall a total of seven times, it would always be rebuilt In addition, Moses illustrated that no matter how many times we may fall in our lives, 
we can always get up again. It would have been so easy for Moses to build the tabernacle one perfect time and not have to be dismantled at all. And you look at the temples, God's home, which stood in Jerusalem, which was full of prophecy and miracles and the Ner Tamid, the eternal light and the challahs that were always fresh, the bread that was always fresh. We saw revealed miracles and prophecy taking place there. Why did it have to be destroyed only to be built again? And so this is connected to our lives. Everything in the Bible was meant to speak to us. It's an eternal message. And what it's telling us is even God's home, something so sacred, could be destroyed but then built again. Even the tabernacle, as we had the cloud of glory and all of these miracles, the manna from heaven happening in the desert. We didn't have to break apart the tabernacle to move it five times. But no, what Moses saw was us. He saw that we in our lives are going to fall. And this should give us the inspiration and encouragement that we can always rebuild. We can always get up again. And it's actually connected, uh, the Jewish sages connected this incident to the verse from Proverbs 24, 16, which says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. What this is saying, my friends, is no matter how many times we fall or how many times our lives fall apart, not only can we rise again, by falling and then rising again, we are considered righteous. The fact that we don't get stuck in the mud, stuck in the darkness, but we choose to bring ourselves up. We choose to rebuild. We choose to raise our spirits to see the good. This is what the righteous do. And I think what the Bible is really saying in short here is no matter how tough life gets, we can never give up. And this is a very personal story for me because both my father-in-law and my grandfather are both Holocaust survivors. And both of them went through the atrocities of the Holocaust losing family members, running from the Nazis, witnessing family members be killed, standing on trains trying to escape and standing over dead bodies. What they saw gave them every reason in the world to give up. And yet, after the Holocaust, from within the darkness, from within the loss, from within the sadness, my father-in-law and my grandfather started again, never gave up hope, established a life, established a business, raised children. Have you ever felt like giving up? Or have you ever felt like everything has fallen apart in your life? Maybe even you feel like that right now. Right now, the world is going through challenges of living through the coronavirus pandemic. Everything has changed. Suddenly, we can't go visit our parents we can't hug our relatives. We can't go into the workplace. We can't sit together in church or in synagogue. We can't go to all these things that used to make us happy. Going and sitting at a restaurant, going and seeing a play, going and seeing a movie. Everything is suddenly changed. A danger, a danger to our lives. 
We can't plan vacations. We can't plan to fly. We can't even plan to be together for holidays like Thanksgiving or the Christmas season. This is very hard. This is very hard. It's low. And when I think about lows, I think about Rabbi Yakutiel Yehuda Halberstam. This is a rabbi who lost his entire family in the Holocaust. His wife was killed. All 11 children of his were killed. Yet, after the Holocaust, he got remarried, he had children, and he established a community in Israel. And this is a quote that he would always say. The greatest miracle that has ever happened is not the splitting of the Red Sea. The greatest miracle is the one that we, the survivors of the Holocaust, after all that we witnessed and lived through, still have faith in the Almighty God. May his name be blessed. What I hear him saying is that as people of faith, we can never give up. We can never despair. We must rebuild From whatever hardships we're going through, there is no despair. What we learn in this week's Torah portion is that God has given us the power to get up again. God has given us the strength to get up again. God has told us that the righteous fall seven times, but they rise again. Are we not able to do that? God has given us the strength. Now we have to just decide. It reminds me a lot of when I was sitting Shiva for my father. I just got back from a trip to Africa with my best friend that after uh, many years, thank God, of raising children, me and my best friend decided we're going to take some time for ourselves and we're going to go to Africa. And we went on an amazing safari in the Serengeti. We saw animals. We had 10 days of the ultimate bliss and connecting to God that you could imagine. And I landed in Israel. And just 12 hours later, my father had a heart attack and suddenly died. And so not even 24 hours after being back in Israel, I got the phone call that would change my life forever, that my father was dead. And immediately I had to start planning for the funeral. My family all from America flew in. We went to the funeral. And then there are seven days of mourning where the family, the immediate family, sits together and people come and visit us, pay respect, pay tribute, and really just embrace us that we're not alone. That's what the week of mourning in Jewish custom is about. The community, the friends coming, bringing food and saying, we are here with you. You're not alone. And you just sit and accept everything that people have to give. Their nice words, the meals. It reminds you that you're not alone. And during this shiva, I knew that the second shiva ended, I had a decision. I was now the president of one of the largest philanthropic organizations in Israel, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. I was voted president-elect around a year before my father died. And as soon as he died, that made me president. And what I decided was that I was going to take the seven days of Shiva to mourn just as a daughter. But the second that I get up from Shiva, I am stepping into the shoes of the president of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. I am going to use all of my strength 
to carry on my father's legacy, to carry on his organization, to carry on his vision and do all of the good in his name. And it was so hard. One of the hardest things was sitting in his seat, going into the office. And I always, for 15 years before that, I sat across from him. He sat in that seat. I sat across from him. And for the first time, going into the office and needing to sit in his seat. We know that in the Torah, it talks about how we have to, when the Ten Commandments, we have to respect our uh, mother and father. It says, respect your mother and father. And one of the biggest ways that we can respect them is not sitting in this seat. And suddenly I realized one of the greatest ways I could respect my father is sitting in his seat. And I can tell you, I had every reason, every excuse in my head of why I would just go home after Shiva, put the blankets over my head and stay there for the next year. But these words from the prophets, these words from Moses, these words from the sages, from Proverbs, gave me all the strength to know that I need to get up. Yes, I'm going through the hardest thing in my life. Yes, this situation gives me every excuse for despair. But if I am a woman of faith, I have no right to despair. I have every reason to get up. And I look at those who came before me. My father-in-law, who survived the Holocaust. My grandfather, who was born in Germany, lost almost all of his family, and survived the Holocaust to rebuild, to restart. And suddenly it was from there that I got the strength to get up and to rebuild. And so no matter how many times we fall, you can put this idea to emotional and different situations that are happening in our lives, like the death of a loved one or the illness of a parent or losing a job, but you can also put it just as much to the idea of sin. How many times do we fall in sin? But it's our decision if we stay there or if we get up and try again. What Proverbs 24, 15 to 16 tells us is that even the righteous fall, even the righteous fall in despair and in sin. But what makes them righteous is that they always get up and try again. The Hebrew word for repentance is teshuva, and that literally means to return. The root word of shuv, of teshuva, means again. And so what this word, this Hebrew word for repentance of teshuva means is to return again. We return to God over and over again. And what matters most is not the destination, but what matters most is that we keep on trying. Full teshuva in Hebrew Jewish customs is that we are faced with the same situation, but we have a different outcome. We sin, we repent, we're faced with the opportunity to sin again, and we don't. That is the ultimate repentance. But we get many chances until we get it right. There is no excuse to despair. So in conclusion, the greatest miracle is our God-given supernatural ability to rise again, 
and again and again, both when we fall spiritually and when we experience difficulties that knock us down. My father, Rabbi Echiel Eckstein, used to always talk about Ezekiel's vision of dry bones in Ezekiel 37, 1-14, when those dry bones come to life. What my father saw in this verse was the return of the Jewish people to Israel. In our times, just like Ezekiel's dry bones, just like the family members of my father-in-law and grandfather, those dry bones of the Jewish people have come to life by coming home to Israel. And if the Jewish people can rise from the ashes of the Holocaust, so can we rise up after any challenge or setback. My friends, this is the verse of the week that Jews around the world are reading. And by you connecting to this message, you are living with the times. Apply it to your life this week and share this podcast with anyone who you think needs to hear this. Wishing you a Shavuot Tov, a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.